Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am not only the co-founder of Ignite DA, but also the editor-in-chief for drbycuspid.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and make sure you're subscribed to us, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. We are always trying to bring you the latest information with some of the best experts out there, and we are going to hit hard a timely topic today with a dear friend and the dental insurance expert, front desk guru, whatever you want to call her, and that is the effervescent Teresa Duncan. Hey, what's going on? I feel like an Alka-Seltzer pill. I am effervescent. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is, and then some of our people won't even get that reference, but hey, it's all good. <laughs> so, uh, well, Teresa, thanks so much for joining. I know you and I are hearing a lot of the same things from assistants, but we're hearing them on different sides. And one thing that I'm hearing from assistants is I'm trying to figure out the next steps. Do I want to stay an assistant? Do I want to stay at this practice? Do I want to look for a jump into hygiene or to the front office? We're going to talk about hygiene on a whole other segment. But I want to talk to you today about that jump to the front office. You and I have talked cross training. We've talked a lot in the past. But let's talk serious here. If assistants are really thinking about that this could be the opportunity for them to uh, try out another position. Let's talk about the good of that for the assistants from your side of things. The good of it is that I get super excited whenever I hear an assistant tell me that they want to move up to the admin side. There is no better insurance coordinator than someone who's been trained clinically. And when I get a hold of a hyg- or an assistant who wants to go into clinic, or I'm sorry, see, now I'm messing it all up. Let's talk that. Let's do that again. When I talk to an assistant who is moving into admin, what I hear all the time is I don't understand insurance. Is that going to be a hindrance? And so we'll talk specifically about that in a second. But just moving up front is, you know, right now, aerosol wise and, and um, infection control wise, it is less of a risk. There's still a risk. So there's that's one thing that I could say is the good side of it. Um, and then there's a couple of bad things that we can talk about. But I think your knowledge, your clinical knowledge is such an asset moving up front. So yeah, I, I love it. I, I love when I get these questions and I've been getting a ton of emails about this. You know, how do I make that, that move? How do I get into admin? And I've got to ask you about teledentistry and everything that's going on with that. And I think that's going to play a bigger role in practices as we move forward here. And if the assistant's moving up front, what would that role change like for him or her in your estimation? Um, no, that's actually a really interesting question because teledentistry, you know, is when, it, when we first started talking about it a long time ago, d- some dentists were like, oh, this is just a flash in the pan. And as time has gone on, I think people have realized that it's super helpful when managing patients. So if I'm an assistant and I was an assistant, so I'm thinking of it from my point of view too. When I was an assistant, if I had teledentistry available to me doing my follow-up calls, would I do a quick video call with the patient if they noted on their chart that they were okay with that? Heck yeah, I would totally do that. Um, and then if you're moving up, up front and you become a treatment coordinator, that's so, here's what you do. You let the patient know that you'd like to talk about their treatment plan. You send them an email and you put on there, if you'd like to video chat about it, here's how, and you send them the link. Um, I, I did a lot of treatment plan presentations for uh, children of uh, adult children of uh, seniors in nursing homes. I did a lot of treatment plan presentations because they were out of state and I couldn't have done it. And this is, you know, 15 years ago, I couldn't have done it without being able to share my screen or talk to them 
you know, uh, where they were seeing what I was seeing. It wasn't necessarily video chat back then. It was just share my screen. So there's a lot of applications when it comes to teledentistry and clinical people are going to be able to jump on it. And, you know, you brought up the aerosols a minute ago and some of the the risks that we know are going to happen with COVID-19 until there's some kind of vaccine or until some kind of breakthrough happens. And you and I are both hearing that there are dental assistants who are nervous about going back. Just let's break that down for just a minute. Does the nervousness go down moving up front in your estimation uh, and, and from what you've heard and from what you know from your experience as well? Uh, the nervousness absolutely goes down because uh, when you are in the admin side, that most of it can be touchless. Like you can move to paperless, you can do touchless payments. I mean, really, we at the front desk never really touched the patient except for maybe hugging them. We never had a reason to. Uh, so we can definitely get away with that. You know, we can do that six foot distance very easily up front. And, you know, we're we're behind most offices have put up sneeze guards. So we're kind of behind the, the salad bar sneeze guard now. And, and we can't be, you know, coughed on. I mean, the worst thing when, we, and I was up front, the worst thing was when a patient had scaling and root playing and they come up front and they drool all over the desk. Right. So I got to be careful of that. That's pretty much the only exposure to all that blood and saliva and stuff that, uh, that, that is so plentiful back there. And, um, and I just want to say, I'm not saying everybody should move up front. That's not what I'm saying. Right. I, I just, we'll talk about both. Uh, you yeah. know, Kevin and I agreed that we talk about what about an assistant that wants to stay in assisting, but this is for the assistants who are like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I do need to move up front. Yeah. And, and we will, you're right. <clears throat> and I want to also just ask one question of you from the, uh, now the new check-in experience that is going on in a lot of practices. My guess would be if you have somebody up front, that person, if they know clinical, if they already have a good relationship with your patients, could be the perfect person for that. Again, every practice is different, but that's another place where I see that dental assistant mentality really paying a big role for the practice up front as well. Sure. Yeah. And if you're doing a, you know, if you're doing a screening and the patient doesn't quite understand why they can't come in, you know, your assistant is going to be able to explain that, um, you know, that, that you are at a high risk and here, this is what goes on in the back. We got a lot of stuff in the air and we're doing our best to filter it, but just for your safety, we'd like you to maybe come back in another day or two. Um, uh, you know, the admin people are able to have that conversation as well, but I think hearing from somebody who they know is a clinical person and, and understands what's going on back there, I think I would pay more attention to a clinician telling me than um, an admin person telling me. Absolutely. No, I, I get that completely. It's, it's just, it's a different world now, and I know assistants are thinking about the what-ifs a lot more maybe even now than they were because there are opportunities and there are thoughts about, is this still what I want to do? And I've heard from so many assistants on that, and that's why we're talking about it today. But if we present the good, we've got to present the, the not-so-good as well. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that. Well, the not so good, unfortunately, and, and I think for the people who listen to the podcast, I don't really think this is us, um, but there are a lot of assistants out there who are, I'm, sorry, I'm talking about dentist-wise, well, there are a lot of dentist offices out there that don't have the right PPE or they're refusing to provide the right PPE or whatever. It's a small amount, but it's enough. If you're in that office, that's, that's your world, right? Yeah. So yeah, I have heard some really you know disappointing uh, things about employers. 
However, that's where you really need to think about, are you wanting to change jobs because of this employer or because you quite frankly are sick of the job itself? Exactly. If it's just the employer, um, then step back a second because why would you give up your dream because your employer is being a jerk? That's that's not cool and not fair for you. So think about it from that point of view. Do I want to get out of dentistry because, you know, Dr. McCheapo doesn't want to do anything with PPE or, you know, am, am I just kind of exhausted? So, and that there's, and that's real too. The exhaustion is real as well. And I think, I think patients might want to go to Dr. McCheapo, you know, just, but I'm not <laughs> sure that's where you want to work. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I will, one comment that is stuck in my head throughout all this is that assistant who reached out to me and said, I'm just ready to hit the reset button. And, yeah. and, you know, she at the point was trying to decide if this practice was for her, if the career was right for her. But I think what you just said is so important because if you're an assistant with good skills, with clinical knowledge, with the ability to, to reach out to patients and really make that connection, this is a time where also you're in possibly greater demand than you've ever been before. And here's here's something I was thinking about um, today. I listened to a podcast this morning, actually, and it was uh, just a, a major, my, you know, just a regular business podcast, but it stuck with me. And they were saying, are you burned out or are you just exhausted? Because there's a difference. Um, you know, if you're burned out, you really like can't imagine that you're going back into the office. Like you just, your, your body kind of just even repel, you know, that it's repulsive to you. Like you actually go, oh no. And there's an inner cringe. But if you're just exhausted, this is the career for you. You're just exhausted at the moment. And that, that really hit me hard because I think a lot of our colleagues, Kevin, you and I have friends throughout all aspects of the dental industry. Yep. Are, are there a lot of them are looking to get out of dentistry? And I don't know if it's because they're burned out. I think it's just exhausting right now. And, and many of them do love dentistry. They've been in dentistry 20 plus years. It, it's tough to identify that. And it's tough to make a big move like changing employers. That's scary. It, it is, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest, kudos to those of you who have the guts to say, I, I need something else because I'm exhausted. But I'm also going to make sure that you have your ducks in a row and you, you aren't just going, I'm going to change things without having a plan in place for what that change might look like. But that's such a good point, uh, Teresa, because I think, you know, this, this whole closure crisis pandemic, whatever you want to call it, we're all exhausted one way or another. And, and I know that that exhaustion can really weigh on your thought process, especially whenever it comes to, you know, something you've done for a, a good amount of time. Yeah. And I mean, most, most assistants really, I mean, they love the the patients and they love the process. That's why they become assistants. Um, do you mind if we sort of digress and talk about what a, an assistant could expect by being an administrative person? Can oh, we kind I, of just I, dig into that? Great. So, because the question that I get a lot um, from assistants who are looking to transition is, you know, should I become an insurance coordinator or should I just move up front and do other things? So um, just generally, I know that you work with people in admin, so I'm I'm not going to run down every duty because you probably know what that's about. You have it in your own practice. But when you move up to the admin side, the amount of patient exposure is is a hundred times more than what what you deal with. And it's a, a lot more combative, to be honest. So that's something you need to think about, you know, back there, they're, they're typically, when they're angry, they're not angry at you, assistant, they're angry at the doctor, they're angry at the financial coordinator. But when you get somebody on the phone, who's just plain angry, they're angry at you, because you're, you're the only person that's available to them. So that being said, 
you have a lot of ability to noodle through puzzles up front. Insurance is like a big puzzle, um, making the schedule work and making sure you follow the ideal scheduling that you have in place. That's like a puzzle. So front office work is very, it's very much puzzle, puzzle solving. It really is. And that might, if that appeals to you, that's great. Um, I hear from a lot of assistants that, well, it's just not as exhausting as being an assistant. Physically, that's true. That's 100% true. And I got to tell you, assistants, I am so impressed that you're staying in there because all that PPE, I would be like a big sweaty, oh my you know, like like Bigfoot under there. Like I would just be sweaty under there. So um, kudos to you guys for toughing that out. But when you move up front, it is, um, you'll have to be a lot nicer to patients. <laughs> which <laughs> I know you're thinking I'm always nice to patients, but you have to actually be like almost the patient is always right. Nice to patient, which sometimes is not easy because patients are real jerks sometimes. Right. So, and, and being a jerk over money is a much bigger deal than being a jerk over treatment. Um, they are, they are super sensitive about money. Yes. So, you know, if I just want you to know, assistants, that, that there's a lot, there's a lot of good stuff up front. But if you're not a people person and you know this about yourself, I'd suggest maybe we'll do something else because front office, you have to be a people person. And um, that's not easy for everybody. No. And, and you know, it's, it's funny you say that because there's a different kind of thick skin you have to, to grow uh from the clinical side to all of a sudden the front side and and both take thick skin at times don't get me wrong but you're exactly right all of a sudden you've gone from being the connector between the dentist and the patient to being the the money person uh in some cases and yeah that's a different perspective altogether for the patient side. yeah collecting money is a, is a whole different animal um getting people to commit to treatment is one huge job. Collecting the money is another huge job. But I will tell you that when you are the person collecting the money, it is a huge asset to have been clinical. Um, I was a very, very good treatment and financial coordinator because of my clinical background. If I had not had that, I would not have been able to use the terminology. I would not have been able to say, you know, in our experience, we've seen teeth break if you don't get a crown placed after. I was able to pull all that into into the conversation. And I, if I were not a clinical person, I would not have known how to make those comparisons and make it work. So um, it, it's an asset. Yeah. And I, wow, there's just so many thoughts going through my head, but I guess, I guess I just want to ask you a point blank question. If I'm mm -hmm. consistent and I'm wondering if this is the right thing, do I, how do I dip my toe in the water? How do I see if it's something that might actually be a fit? Well, you would, well, right now, the good and bad news of our industry is that there's a lot of positions opening up. I mean, it's good for some, bad for others. Um, and we're hearing, you and I are both hearing of people who are losing their jobs just because the practice isn't profitable and some have even gone out of business. So uh, first thing you do is decide, do I want to stay in my office? And if your office has admin positions available, they would be silly to not keep you because of your knowledge bank that you have of their practice, that what we call institutional knowledge. Um, but if you don't, if you want to get the heck out of Dodge, um, then you find another office. What the, the best sources for me finding finding a job, um, you know, you have dentalpost.net, you have Indeed, you have a lot of those resources, right? But to me, the best source was talking to my reps. So I would talk to the Patterson reps, the Shine reps, the Benko, all those 
you know, the people that come in and you've been ordering with them for a long time, right? You know them, um, the implant reps, ask them if they know of any offices that have lost a lot of people, care credit reps too. I was just talking to a care credit rep last night and she knows at least six offices in our area who are already looking for people because she's made those calls and she's found out she has new people that she needs to talk to. So the reps to me were the best asset. Um, Anytime I needed to help somebody get a job, the reps were always the ones that pulled through. So, so put that together, but you also have to look at your resume and I'll give you a resource. There's a guy named Doug Perry, P E R R Y who's out there helping with resumes and he's a nice guy. He has, uh, if you find him on Facebook, um, he puts out a lot of resume building tips and, and that sort of thing. So he's been, uh, he's been a good resource. Get your resume together. And if, and let me, let me go from me being the interviewer, you know, as the office manager looking to interview you now, um, what I would be looking for is how well you can converse with me. So don't be shy. Don't be nervous. Just, you know, put be, be yourself. Um, I would also be looking at exactly how much clinical experience and the, the breadth of the experience. So what I mean is you may not realize it, but if you have great implant experience and this office is not doing as many implants and they're trying to kickstart that, make sure you put on there, you know, let them know everything that you're good in implants, 3d printing, um, the SAREC, the, the three, the CBCT. Don't think that every office operates like yours. There might be a big hole in that office that they've been trying to fill. And if you come along knowing implants like the back of your head, back of your mind, you are going to go to the top of the list. So I want to know all your skills, even if you think that they're normal, regular assisting skills. Yeah. Good. Great point. And, you know, the interview process is going to be important if you you transition to another practice. And, and, you know, again, these are things that you have to think about. This is going to be part of you establishing that new thing if this is something you're interested in. So, right. There's also, you know, and I would, I would give you another resource too is, um, you know, the American Association of Dental Office Management. They have chapters all over the country and you can go onto ADOM's page or you can search on Facebook ADOM and then your location. There's a, there may be a chapter near you and those are all the managers that have gotten together. You send something to their administrator. They're going to put it out there. They're always looking for people always. Even before COVID, Kevin, there was a huge shortage of assistance in the industry. It's just going to be worse now it is and you know and, and i think that that's important because you know we always talk about assistants trying to find other assistants to talk to and network with but don't forget there's other networking opportunities outside of just assisting and and that's a great point with the adom chapters or just finding another practice there locally that maybe you've had an eye on and just trying to connect with them somehow and just say hey how's it going you know i mean it, little things like that especially when when this is such a communication focused time in a, in our industry as well as in our society. Now's the time to reach out and, and make those connections. Uh, you know, let, and let me give you some other um, quick tips. I know that uh, you, this is longer than what you're normally used to Kevin, but I want to just make sure they got this. Um, t- start paying attention to how the phones are answered. Um, you know, you don't have to be up there and listen to them, you know, like, like, like creep on them or anything, but you know, you may realize that you haven't really listened to how they answer the phone. So listen to that. Um, you also, there are tons of free classes on customer service. 
There are tons of free classes on how to talk to patients. And the reason I'm telling you to do those is because when you put that on your resume that you've attended classes in this, this, and this, it shows me that you're serious about making that transition. So if I say to you, what kind, what was your last three CEs? And this is, I do say this in interviews. What were your last three CE classes that you took? If you're struggling, I'm going to be like, really? And if you're saying, you know, matrix or temporary crowns or all that kind of stuff, that doesn't really, that's great, but that's you as an assistant. Why am I looking at you for admin? So it would impress me if you had taken an HR class or if you had taken a communications class, that would super impress me. Well, I, I love it. And I know Teresa, like you said, you've been an assistant, you've been at the front desk, you've helped a lot of people transition from one area to the other. So I want to make sure people can reach out to you or learn more about what you do and and all your services as well. Sure. Well, if you can, you can go and visit Odyssey MGMT. And I know you always put the link up in the the show notes, um, odysseymgmt.com. If you click over to the webinars page, there's a bunch of webinars, most of them for free that I've done. And one that I just did was for Colgate and it's called the clinician's field guide to insurance. And it's meant for doctors and hygienists, but honestly, assistance, you get a lot of stuff out of it. And I believe that's free. So it should be up on my site. And um, I do have a podcast where we talk about management issues and insurance. It's called Nobody Told Me That. And uh, and if you need to find me and you can't figure that out, Kevin knows where to find me all the yeah. time. So <laughs> you know, plenty of different ways to find Teresa. So you can always reach out through Ignite DA as well. But uh, odysseymgmt.com, great resource for you. And I will also say that uh, the podcast that Teresa mentioned, uh, I happen to hop on there every once in a while, and, and she and I have a good time talking about a lot of yeah. things. And one last plug here. Uh, so Teresa taught me teledentistry, and it was, <laughs> it was very interesting. It was about 45 minutes. You can find the podcast. Uh, you can go through Teresa's page. I believe it was on your podcast, wasn't it? It was on my podcast. Yeah. I, th- I think episode 51 or 52. I can't remember which one. Yeah. And, and it's also linked on drbycuspid.com. You can go on there and search for Teresa Duncan or Teledentistry 101. And you can find Teresa did such a great job of teaching me. And not that I'm going to go out and start doing it, but <laughs> Teresa does a great job of breaking things down very simply. And, and uh, you need to do that with my head. So <laughs> thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking real world stuff with, with the assistants. Cause I know you've heard from a lot of them. I've heard from a lot of them and, and And these are the things that they're kind of mulling around right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, thanks for having me. And we're going to get through this. It's going to be a crazy next couple months, but we're going to get through this. We will. And that's why we're here at Ignite DA. That's why Teresa's here with Odyssey MGMT. That's why, you know, there's so many people who are trying to help. And so feel free to reach out to us through the Ignite DA Facebook page. Uh, We definitely want to do what we can to help you. If you've got questions, let us plug you in with the experts where we can. And we will be happy to do that. But for now, let me just encourage you, please subscribe, like, whatever it is uh, with this podcast. We always appreciate that. Uh, And we always also appreciate uh, you checking out the Ignite DA Facebook page and being a part of our community there. For now, Kevin Henry, co-founder of Ignite DA, as well as editor-in-chief for DrBicuspid.com, saying be safe, be healthy, and be educated.